Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are in week two of our sermon series, You Don't Have What It Takes. And normally when you hear that phrase, you don't have what it takes, there's a negative connotation behind that. And most of the time we use that as a negative thing. That when you don't have what it takes, you're, you're, you don't have the skills or the necessities to, to make things happen. And last week we talked about how you are not good enough. But again, saying that you're not good enough can be seen as, as, as a negative phrase, but as the life of a follower of Christ, that's a good thing. It's a good thing because we remember, because we are not good enough, we have to rely on Jesus. And Jesus is the one who gives us strength, and Jesus is the one who saves us and who takes care of us. You may be familiar with this verse that we highlighted last week from Romans three twenty-three and 24. It says, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory, but... All are treated as righteous, freely by his grace because of a ransom that was paid by Jesus Christ. Hold it up there for just, just a second. See, we have a tendency to, to take a look at that verse and end it where that comma is. And we put a period right there where we start living and we start thinking that our identity, that we are all fallen, we all fall short of God's glory because we have all sinned. But God reminds us that even though we may not be good enough, we are treated as righteous because of the grace and the ransom that was paid by Jesus Christ. Now, that's good news, my friends. That is great news. Then we're going to continue to talk about what it means when we do not have what it takes by looking at how we cannot please everyone. So as we prepare to hear God's word this morning, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Dear God, we know that, that we are not good enough. We know that we live by the power of your grace and by your spirit. So, Lord, even as we spend this time together in your word, we ask that you let the words of my mouth be your words. And may we ask that you let the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, you can't please everyone. That may be a phrase that hits hard, that, that really really echoes inside of you. But it's a truth. It really is a truth that if we, we hold on to that truth, it helps free 
us. And we're going to talk a little bit today how that really frees us. But our scripture from this morning comes from Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, and it's real short, so we have it up on the screen. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, you can. But Paul writes these words, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, if I were to highlight, I would say probably one of my biggest faults, because I know I have a whole bunch of them, but one of my biggest faults is that I am a people pleaser. And, you know, I think part of that comes with my, my job and, and what I do. You know, as a pastor, I will admit, I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to enjoy what, what's, what's going on in the life of our church. I want everybody to, to have the opportunity to grow in their faith. And I definitely don't want anybody to be mad at me or, 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 to, or to hate me. But if we are real and if we are honest, we know that that is a part of what life is. You know, I saw this picture online about what a people pleaser looks like, and this is what it comes up. No matter what is going on, a people pleaser always just has a smile on their face, and they're just going through no matter what happens, whether you're happy or bored or angry or terrified or depressed or even if you're dying inside, you, you, you plaster the smile on your face and just nod, hoping that everything is going to be okay and that everybody, nobody will get upset at you, nobody will be mad, nobody will be worried about what's going on inside of you. But we know that if you live your life as a people, per, people pleaser, you die on the inside. You, you, you become less whole. And my friends, this is nothing new. If we look at Scripture, Jesus had to deal with people pleasers. As he was teaching and as he was doing miracles, uh, the leaders of the communities would be so excited. And in John chapter 12, we see these words about people pleasers. It says, even so, many leaders believed in him, but they wouldn't acknowledge their faith because they feared that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. They believed, but... They loved human praise more than God's glory. How many of us can be like that in our lives? How many of us desire to have human praise lavished upon us than fully live out the glory that is given to us freely by our Creator? See, people-pleasing can do at least three things to you that, that I just wanted to, wanted to highlight. Number one, if we become a people-pleaser, people will use 
you. You probably heard the, 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 the phrase that sometimes it's so much easier to say yes because you, you want to make sure everybody's happy around you that, that saying no can eat at you. But sometimes saying no can be a freeing thing. When you say no, it gives you an opportunity to be true to who you are and not what other people want you to be. I try to guard that so much in my life, and and you can ask Tracy, sometimes it just slips, and I'm saying yes to every single thing that I can get a hold of. Even my staff, and I think our staff, we try to do a good job of taking care of each other, don't we, April? We try, don't we, Jodell and Wanda? Well, Wanda's out there. Wanda's out doing something that she said yes to, so... (laughs) No, we try so hard to to take care of each other because we know that if we continue to say yes, or or even if we continue to either by by good reasons or bad reasons to let people use us, we die on the inside. Another danger of being a people pleaser is that you have extreme pressure to keep up appearances. You have to make sure, I don't have this problem, but you have to make sure you have your hair just right. You have to, to make sure you dress how you're supposed to dress. You, ha- you have to make sure, and you can just put the list of everything that you must do to keep the proper appearance. I, I know uh, one of my pastor friends, uh, she has two young daughters, and uh, she talked about how her daughters are just terrors at home. But she said when they're out and about, they are just the most proper and prim and just perfect little girls. And she said, you know what? I kind of like that because I would much rather them be angels out in the public and then let them get all their demon expressions and everything out at home. And and I guess that's a good thing, but, you know, if we don't allow our kids, if we don't allow ourselves to be who we truly are, then aren't we just keeping up appearances? Aren't we just trying to be what other people want us to be instead of who God has created us to be? And that's the final danger of being a people pleaser. If you are trying hard to please others and be the way that others want you to be, nobody's going to know who you are. Nobody will know who you are. Each and every one of us, we have different gifts. We have different graces. We have different temperaments. We have different ways that we tell jokes. We have different ways to relate to one another. And if we live our lives as people pleasers, and if we put on this this grand facade, then no one will know who you are. And my friends, that's a shame. Because God has made you special. 
God has, has gifted you with this great amount of love and grace that the whole world should know, that the whole world can benefit from. So that brings a question. And the question is, who are we really? Who are we? If we are not trying to, to, to live and gain other people's approval, who are we? Well, Paul writes about this later in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith. Indeed, by the faithfulness of God's Son who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I forgot I, forgot I had another slide here. This is important too. I don't ignore the grace of God. Because if we become righteous through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. But see, the key takeaway from that verse is that, that I no longer live, but it is Christ that lives in me. That is who we are. And that's one of Paul's main teaching throughout all of his letters. Now, Paul knew that he was a sinner. Paul even says that I am the chief of sinner, but he also knew that that was not his identity. His identity was that Christ lived in him. That was so important that if you look through his letters, you see 89 times that Paul mentioned and repeated some, in some form that there is Christ in me or that, I, that Christ lives inside of me. I think that's probably the takeaway that I, I want you to have more than anything else this morning is that Christ lives inside of you. There's a phrase that I like to use. Uh, it's not my phrase. I borrowed it from one of my professors. And it's a phrase that, that I say to myself. I even have it in my office above another phrase that a good friend gave to me. But it's a phrase that Jim Smith would always tell his students. He actually stumbled across it one day while he was teaching his class. He was teaching about Paul and his use of in Christ, how, how we are in Christ. And he wrote up on the board that, that, that we are in Christ and that we are ones whom Christ dwells. And one of those students asked him, okay, can you repeat that again? And Jim Smith kind of stopped and said, you know what? We are not only ones in whom Christ dwells, but we know through Scripture that Christ delights in us. One of my favorite passages, I think I, I preached on this in my very first sermon here. I'll have to check with Kat because I think she underlined it was 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God and knows God. He who loveth not knoweth not God because God is love. Beloved, let us love one 
another. See, that passage is, is the key that, that God loves us and God delights in us. So, so Jim started to have his students uh, stand up and introduce themselves in the classroom, say, hi, my name is Chris. I'm uh, one that Christ dwells in and one that Christ delights. And, and they started to go around the hallways introducing themselves as one in whom Christ dwells and delights. And that is something that he has taken with him. It is something that I would love for you to grasp at this moment. We don't have to live pleasing others because you are one in whom Christ dwells and in whom Christ delights. School starts tomorrow for for most of us. Some of us have already uh, started school for a couple of days, and I have a friend from Kansas that I grew up with. She had this, this beautiful Facebook post, and I asked her, if, if I could share this with my church. And she said, sure. So wanted to think about this as we wrap up this message on how we can't please everyone. She wrote, it is so dang hard to remember who I am during such a busy season of life. It's super easy for me to get hung up on someone's critical Facebook status that I'm sure is pointed towards me, or how my kid is performing in sports or in school, or how much I weigh, or how I clean my house, or or if I'm remembering to pray for everyone I should be praying for, or if I'm giving my kids too much screen time, or if I'm making sure they read enough, or if this crazy political season will ever end. I have to take some time this morning to remind myself, and here's this important phrase, that my identity is in Christ alone. These external things just don't matter, and what a relief it is. And then she posted this verse from the message from 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 10, that says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He has made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Students, teachers, and parents, tomorrow is a new day. And some of you may already be dreading the alarm clock going off in the morning. Some of you may be so excited to get up and experience a new day. But I want you to remember this. As we send you off to your new school year, Remember that you are one in whom Christ dwells and delights. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you 
We thank you for your great love for us. And Lord, the world tells us that we may not be good enough. The world tells us that we may not have what it takes. The world may tell us that we are doing a hard job of pleasing everyone. But God, we say, thanks be to God. Because we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to go through this life thinking that nobody is there. Because the fact of the matter is, you are always there with us. So God, help us to live out that promise. Help us to live out the good news that we are your children, that we dwell in your grace, and that you, the light in who we are because you are our God. So God, strengthen us over these next few days. Help us to live as your chosen people so others may see your grace through us. And we pray this in the strong name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.